listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm your host, Danica Ellis. This is episode number 364.5, and today I'm going to tell you about a couple of queer SFF anthologies to read just in time for Pride Month. Since I talked to you last, I have experienced the Book Event of the Year, which is my city's annual book sale, which I have to tell you about. They weren't able to put it on for the past two years because of COVID, but it is back and it always has all books between $1 to $3, so $3 for hardcovers, $2 for paperbacks, and $1 for kids' books and mass market paperbacks, and all the money goes to literacy charities. So before the pandemic, I had gone every year for the used bookstore I worked at, and it was an event. Like, it was the event of the year for me. We waited in line for about five hours, and I would spend the whole day searching for treasures. I don't work for the bookstore anymore. As you might know, I work for Book Riot. So I wasn't planning on going this year, but then I ended up going on the very last day to pick up some free books for the Native Friendship Center library that I volunteer at. And I was really glad that opportunity came up because although I don't find a lot of books for myself when I go to the sale because I have very specific tastes in books. I always enjoy looking through all the boxes and looking for treasure. This year, they had the most donations that they have ever had for a sale. They got about half a million books, 500,000 books that were donated that were just in a big room, in boxes and on tables. And despite a big turnout that weekend, there were still plenty of books when I got there on the Monday. That's when they let charities and nonprofits take books away. And yeah, there is definitely still a lot to look through. And I actually even managed to find a handful for myself at that point. And they were brand new looking hardcovers of recent titles. So that was a pretty nice score. And I also found lots of fun kids books, both for the library and to give away to kids at the Friendship Center, and a few that we'll be adding to the collection. So it's definitely worth going even on that last day. It was so much fun, and I am already counting down until next year. But enough about book sales that you probably didn't get to go to. (laughs) Let's get into the books. Today I have a couple of queer anthologies to recommend because it's Pride Month, but also because it's always a good time to read queer books. But before we get into today's books, let's take a moment for a sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Okay, so my first book I want to recommend is Love After the End, an anthology of two-spirit and indigiqueer speculative fiction edited by Joshua Whitehead. So this is obviously an anthology of speculative fiction by two-spirit and indigiqueer authors. You might recognize Joshua Whitehead's name from his novel Johnny Appleseed, and he's also written a book of poetry called Full Metal Indigiqueer. This is worth reading just for Whitehead's introduction, where he discusses the intersection between queerness and indigeneity, as well as the continuing legacy of colonialism in the sci-fi and fantasy genres. In that intro, he explains that the original conception of the collection was about dystopias, but he decided to pivot more towards utopias, because for indigenous peoples, quote, we have already survived the apocalypse. This right here, right now, is a dystopian present. The authors included are from many nations across North America and also includes Darcy Little Badger, who has become a lot well more well-known since the book was published. And many stories include untranslated words from different indigenous languages. The stories included cover many different topics, but several explore the idea of escaping from a dying earth and how different that experience would be as an indigenous person than as a white person who are usually the ones starring these stories. In one story, a portal allows travel to an almost identical uninhabited planet. The main character distrusts the government's promise that this will be a peaceful settlement of a new world and is reluctant to leave even with very few options available. These stories include a relationship with the land that isn't common in sci-fi stories, and they assume a greater responsibility for protecting the Earth than I'm used to from a dystopia. The characters choosing whether to stay or leave Earth also have to grapple with what it means for their identities. For cultures and communities that are so deeply bound to the land, what does it mean to have to leave? How do you establish relationships with a new place, and how can you maintain the connections to a place that may not even exist anymore? Many of these stories use nation-specific language for identity, which doesn't always neatly map onto white European categories of gender or sexuality. They also demonstrate indigenous culture as living and growing, showing how traditional knowledge and culture are vital strengths in current and future societies. Also, there's an MM love story with a cyber-engineered super-intelligent rat. (laughs) In this story, love between men is normal and accepted, but love between humans and AI is taboo. As I was reading Love After the End, I was reminded just how colonial sci-fi and fantasy are often as genres. What is a book about discovering and conquering new planets but a colonialist narrative? How often are they literally about establishing colonies on new, uninhabited worlds? And then, of course, there's how much fantasy is rooted in medieval Europe, and overall, how SFF has historically centered white, straight, cis, male protagonists and authors. This is changing, of course, but the change is slow. That made this collection a refreshing change of perspective for me, and it made me really want to seek out more stories like this because I know there are so many more Indigenous and authors of color who are writing today, and I think that perspective makes a big difference in the genre. 
So whether you're looking for thought-provoking sci-fi and fantasy stories, or to read more Indigenous authors, or to add to your Pride TBR, or all of the above, this definitely deserves a spot on your list. And that's Love After the End, edited by Joshua Whitehead. The second book I'm recommending is Meanwhile Elsewhere, Science Fiction and Fantasy from Transgender Writers, edited by Kat Fitzpatrick and Casey Platt. So I'm recommending a book you can't actually buy right now, which is very rude of me. This was published by Topside Press back in 2017, which also published The Collection, which is an anthology of trans short stories that I loved, and I highly recommend if you can get your hands on that one as well. Unfortunately, Topside is no longer in business, and meanwhile elsewhere went out of print. The good news is that Casey Platt and Kat Fitzpatrick have since started their own publisher called Little Post Press and reprinted it. The bad news is that it's currently sold out on their website. Hopefully, though, it means that it will be available again soon. So definitely keep an eye out. I absolutely think it's worth the trouble of hunting down because I love this book. I tend to prioritize sapphic books in my reading, so I was happy to see that Almost half of the stories in this collection have a sapphic main character. While there are lots of different authors and viewpoints represented here, most of the stories have trans women main characters, and although this is an SFF collection generally, there is a focus on sci-fi. The stories vary a lot in their scope and premise. Some build a complex cyberpunk world in 20 pages, while others imagine a world only very slightly different than ours. One story follows someone in space quietly ruminating about microaggressions, while another follows a woman whose brain-eating amoeba communicates through dreams and grows through orgasms. Several of the stories I finished thinking that I would love to write an essay about them. There was just so much depth and so many layers to them. For example, one reimagines a trans woman Satan as the protector of trans women, reclaiming this figure as something empowering. And then there's a story called Rent Don't Sell, where body swapping technology is available, but it's under capitalism. So it's used for things like hiring someone to exercise your body for you, or detox for you, or, of course, to have sex using someone else's body. The main character is a trans woman who permanently swapped bodies with a trans man, but now regrets it and wants to transition with her original body, and she is suing to try to get it back. There's also What Cheer by R.J. Edwards, which is a cute story about appreciating yourself more by spending time with your alien clone. And then there's Gamers by Imogen Binney, which is about Zelda and time travel and being in an unhealthy relationship with a dependent girlfriend. I do want to mention some serious trigger warnings for transphobia, transmisogyny, violence, gore, and rape in various stories. Specifically, the story Delicate Bodies has a zombie who rapes and then kills her ex-boyfriend slash crushes, which I found disturbing to read, and I'd honestly recommend skipping. It's the second story in the collection, but do be prepared for what you're getting into for that one. I also want to mention a trigger warning for suicide in the story of Visions. I'm glad this collection is being republished because these are such thought-provoking stories, and sadly, even five years later, there aren't a lot of collections like it. 
Again, whether you're looking to be introduced to some fantastic trans authors, round out your Pride TBR, or just read some great SFF stories, I highly recommend this one. And fingers crossed that it will be back in stock by the time you are listening to this. And again, that's Meanwhile Elsewhere, edited by Kat Fitzpatrick and Casey Platt. That's it for me today. Thank you so much to our sponsor. Thank you to our audio editor, Jan Zink, and thank you for listening. For more recs or general bookishness, check out bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen, or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. You can find a list of all the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com slash all the books. If you're a fan of all the books and all the back- Backlist and you want to show us some love, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We sincerely appreciate your review and they help other book lovers find us. If you want to find me, I'm on Twitter at Lesbury or at my blog, The Lesbury, which is L-E-S-B-R-A-R-Y.com. And in the meantime, happy reading. Happy reading.